0: Hey, great worship again. I'm loving the Nashville influence that's beginning to creep in. I'm hearing a bit of a Hawaiian guitar coming in and uh, come on. I love it. I love it. I can hear like a Celtic violin. Ah, Violinus, come forth. Alex, I keep trying to persuade her. Yay, God. So, um, is anyone... Heading off to university wave, oh look, there is one over there. It's, oh yeah, and Beth. I thought it would be just really good if a few people could gather around, and Emily is as well, but she 's not here. okay, she 's gone already. why don't you, Beth, you go up the back into that space there, Matt, you go into that space there by the door. Can a few people gather around and uh, just bless them? Just really bless them and equip them for what's coming. It's a really fun time, but challenging as well. So just bless them to prosper and increase, gain in knowledge, make good friends, and be safe. Yay, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So we're in the month of honour. And I think we've done honour to death, haven't we? But there's one more bit that I'd like to squeeze out of it. Okay, if that's all right with you. Um, uh, and it kind of fits in as well. I had I had sort of two messages going around in my mind. And uh, I, it was only as, kind of as I went to sleep, I thought, oh yeah, they fit together quite well. So... What, one of the things that I have been quite stirred about and have spoken about a number of times over, over this year is the year of Jubilee, okay? And we have been in the year of Jubilee, and it's been a fun time. Um, we, the year of Jubilee, for those that don't know, was a time in sort of Jewish cycle of life that every 50 years they were commanded that every debt should be cancelled Every slave should be set free and every land, every bit of land that had been sold returned to its original owner. Okay, It was a, what you might call in the computer world as a clear and reset. Hit the button and everything goes back to as it was, a complete restoration. And so, for example, if you sold a piece of land, the, the, the value of that bit of land would be higher just after the year of Jubilee and as you got closer to the next one it would begin to reduce because you knew you could only have it for that period of time Okay, and then it would all come back so we are in the year of Jubilee and we have another two weeks left so I am determined so I just wanted to refresh these couple of stories that have been a little bit of a signature over my life and um, the... (laughs) The first thing was, now, so, in life you do stuff, don't you? And you do, sometimes do it with the best will in the world and you kind of put your best foot forward and do it and sometimes it goes a bit wrong. And I had one of those situations, really, it's several years ago where I felt the leading of the Lord come upon me um, to, to build my house up and out. I really felt like he said to do that. okay, And we had to take the roof off, we had to go up, we had to knock some of the walls down and go out. And I felt it was a spiritual thing that the Lord said, this is a sign in the physical of what was going to happen actually in the spiritual. Sign in the physical what was going to happen in the spiritual. That actually the church was going to go up a level and it was going to go out and expand. The walls would expand out and uh, there was increase coming. It was a sort of sign that I felt to do. I felt very peaceful in myself about it, and kind of kicked off and, and uh, initiated it all. I got it all agreed with the bank. I was working uh, well with my company, Chart House, a software development company, and also working with the church, and uh, everything seemed well. The bank were happy. They said, yeah, we'll give you the money to do that. No worries, and, um, and so on. Anyway, so we kicked off, and we got our good friend Mark in to come and help out with that and he merrily knocked the roof off and Simon was there as well and he was helping with that and knocking things down and chopping things up. And we were just really getting into the full throes of this when sort of about halfway through and there was like no floor, hardly any walls, no ceilings. You could see daylight when you looked up. And the bank said, oh, we've re-evaluated our lending policies. We'd like to come and value your house to make sure... That we can lend you the money. And I said, hang on a minute. (laughs) I'm kind of like halfway through this. I've got like no water, no electricity. I've got no roof. I've got nothing. Anyway, they insisted, came through and said, no, your house is in a terrible state. (laughs) Well, I know it is. (laughs) I'm redeveloping it. And they valued it right down and said, no, we're only going to lend you half the money. And it left me about £50,000 short And who knows that when you're there with your roof off, (laughs) no ceilings, no electricity, no water, the drive dug up, you had to kind of walk across a little plank to get in the place. There is no going back from that point. You have to carry on. And so I thought, I really feel like God said to do this. So I'm just going to push forward. And then I was like, juggling stuff, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, I was shifting this over there, that over there, I was getting interest-free credit cards to try and make this thing work, and I was under a lot of stress and pressure, but we got it done. But I was left with uh, an amount of unsecured debt, uh, which is never a good place to be in. You students, going away, unsecured debt is not the way to go, okay? Okay. You need to have everything kind of nicely budgeted and uh, set up. But anyway, I was not there, and I felt ah, I, I felt like I'd been led into an alley from which there was no escape, okay? And I really felt God had led me into that place. And so, but I thought, okay, no, God's done this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. So, skip forward, or no, actually skip back, skip back a little bit. And let me just remind you of the the peculiar day in my life when um, we were going through a season and uh, I think Bill Johnson has talked about this as well, about how sometimes God speaks to him through uh, uh, coincidental circumstances. You know, sometimes he sees things which, which kind of God is communicating something through. Well, I had a time of that. And for a period of my life, I was seeing... Numbers, whenever I looked at the clock, it just happened to have flipped onto 5.55, or when I saw a number plate go by, it was 5.55, and I was just seeing these 5.55s blooming everywhere, absolutely everywhere, and I thought, this is really curious. And I said something to Heather, and she kind of ignored me in the way that she does. Thinking, <laughs> it's a bit weird, that is. Yes, dear, yes, dear. I'm sure you are, yes. <laughs> Anyway, one day here we go in our lovely uh, charan that we had at the time, I think, um, or, something, or a car, a car that we had. Um, we were driving up to a wedding, going up to our um, brother's son's, yeah, kind of nephew sort of thing's wedding up in Oxford. And as we're driving up the Winchester bypass, we're going down, and suddenly I'm just like prompted in my spirit to look down at my clock. Uh, on the speedo, and um, on the thing, just immediately before my eyes, it clicks onto 55,555, okay? We'd averaged 55 miles an hour, we'd been going 55 minutes, had travelled 55 miles, and the time was something like 10.55. There was kind of like so many fives on that thing, I just everything was a sea of fives, and I said, Heather... Look at that! Tell me that is not a coincidence. And she said, "It is a quite coincidental." Anyway, we we kind of I was like quite excited by it, thinking something's going on. I have no idea what's going on, but something's going on. We went to the wedding. We actually went our separate ways because I was going to pick up a caravan. And I, on the way back the next day, I was driving this caravan back towards Pool for the, one of the connect camps, I think, so that kind of roughly says when it was, one of the early ones. Um, and I'm listening to a, a podcast from Bethel, and it's testimonies from Mother's Day. And to this day, I'm not quite sure why I was listening to it, because it wasn't that enthralling, I have to say. Uh, but it's kind of going on in the background. And then... Right at the end, Bill Johnson comes on and says, I just want to share a word of testimony with you about something peculiar that happened to me this weekend. And he said, God has been speaking to me through coincidental circumstances. And for the last few months, I have been seeing 555 everywhere I look. This is Bill. Bill's been seeing 555s. Hello. <laughs> we're, we're kind of in tune. So I kind of wang the thing up and think, wow, this is like, okay, get some understanding on this. And uh, anyway, he he says, yeah, everywhere I look, license plates, clocks and displays and TVs, it's just 555s. And, you know, it was really beginning to irritate me a little bit. And he said, I went to this conference uh, in Texas, I think it was, and he was speaking on the Friday night, got in late, spoke, got back to the hotel sort of well after midnight and thought... Man, I've got to sleep, I've, we've got an early start tomorrow and I really need to sleep, I just need to uh, refresh the battery. So he kind of pulled down the blinds and sh- turned off the phone, d- did everything and just kind of went to sleep. He woke up, bright as a button, dark outside, looks across at the clock and it's 5.55 and he gets cross and says, God, what are you trying to tell me? And immediately he falls into this deep sleep and hears this audible sentence in his little kind of neverland as he's going back to sleep. And the sentence said, the day for the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you. The day for the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you. And I'm thinking, whoa, I've been seeing all of these fives. What does that mean? The day for the cancellation of debt is upon us. And so, that, that was actually before I'd embarked on this project. And, uh, but in retrospect, I thought, ah, now I have some debt behind me that really does need cancelling. And so, anyway, so skip forward now, year of jubilee, we're in here. Now, coincidentally, in the year of jubilee, I happen to be 55 years old. So there was a certain expectation, okay, for the cancellation of debt within me, and I thought, this is God's really good opportunity to kind of do something fantastic here, and bring some cancellation of debt, and so actually right the way through the year, I've had this expectation, and I remember the year of Jubilee began in Kingdom Life School last year, and we were still in it in Kingdom Life School this year, so we've had this year's worth of stuff going on and I am happy to say that stuff has been happening okay so there's a couple of things which have happened quite dramatically which I could not have predicted I did not foresee and I did not engineer in any way which is always exciting isn't it the first one was during that time part of how I secured some of that debt um, was my dear old dad helped me. And he kind of bailed me out when some of that stuff started going into kind of heavy interest. And he said, it's all right, I'll lend you that money. You can pay me back later. And uh, so he did that. Well, earlier on this year, completely unprovoked, he just came to me and said, My mom, your mum and I have been thinking, we don't really want to hold that debt against you. We'd like to give it to you as a gift. We'll just cancel that £25,000 debt. Whoa, that was the first one. Seriously, I had not talked to them about that. I'd, we had an aggr- a firm agreement, a firm interest rate. That was the basis, and it was all going to be paid back. But he just said, he wouldn't take no for an answer. He said, that's what we've decided. By the way, they're not yet believers, people. Uh, but they had been moved by the Spirit of God, I believe, to do that and cancelled that debt. So, okay, the story goes on. God bless my father at this moment. Um, i going to see him next weekend. Let's pray for a real kind of breakthrough in, uh, in the spiritual climate. So, what was I saying then? The next, the next thing. The next thing was, okay, so I, uh, this, was, this is very recent. This is within the last two weeks, okay? We've had various schemes on the go, me and my various um, colleagues and um, compatriots, you know, thinking how we could release funds for the kingdom. It's, it's kind of, we've had this going. Now, I did share this last week, so some of you will have heard it, but I'm going to go through it again because it fits in with what we're talking about. But we've had these various schemes. And, I, and one of the things I've thought is that I really believe that God wants to bless investments at this time. And. Me, me and Alex across the thing have had this fund that we've put together, okay, uh, where we kind of do some trading, do some, like, day trading. And, you know, like, if, when you see on the telly, short this and have, take a long trade on this and all of that sort of stuff. That's what we've been doing. And we, we've been praying and asking God for guidance. And we've had some good success and we've had some downright failures. <laughs> Uh, but, anyway, we had a huge success on the day of the Euro referendum, of course, because the Lord told us the night before that actually we were going to stay in. And so I said, right, we've got to... So we yeah, we were going to come out, sorry. So We were going to come out. <laughs> and so... We said, right, this would be a great time. The, the value of the pound and the euro is going to fall. Therefore, we'll do a short on the euro. And, um, and sure enough, it all happened. And actually, this, this, lo- this it's only a little fund. It wasn't that much. But it kind of went up from sort of 250 pounds to 555 pounds in that, in that one night, okay? And so it's sitting there, 555. And I'm thinking, well, that was good. That was really good. That was like almost... Kind of three hundred percent in one night, which is as an investment is pretty pretty amazing. But I thought it's still not going to buy a six million pound building, is it? I mean, how do you get from there? It's like just it's it's not enough. It's not enough. We've got to somehow or other we've got to unlock this. Anyway, so another couple of weeks forward, suddenly I become aware of this need. Someone comes to me and says. You know, I've stepped out on God, and um, I, I've, I've committed this amount, and uh, tomorrow is is the judgment day on it. We've got a, I've got to come good on it. And um, it was someone I've been sort of working with and, and mentoring a little bit, and <clears throat> I can kind I of really felt for it. I thought, oh man, this is I've been here so many times. What can I do? What can I physically do? And and I said, how much is how much is it that you're committed to? And it was. Five hundred and fifty five pounds. And I suddenly thought, five hundred and fifty five pounds. I I smell a setup. I smell a <laughs> I smell a setup here and how much have I got in my little investment fund? Five hundred and fifty five pounds. And I thought, Oh my goodness, God, you know, do you want me to close that down? Do you want me to finish that and just draw it out and just give it? And I felt like the affirmative come. I felt that nod come. And so Begrudgingly, slightly, I have to say, I drew it all out and I transferred it over uh, with uh, the agreement of the other parties. And, um, um, and that was it. We shut that door. It was gone. Gone forever. And I, and I went home depressed. I thought, that's it. That was, that was my last way that I thought God could do this, you know. And uh, anyway, so we did it. It was solved Everyone was very jubilant, the, the, the need was met, things moved forward, they praised God, glory was given, and all of that sort of stuff, and it was fantastic. The next week, I'm, I'm back in at work, and I'm going through my very messy office, looking for something. Someone says they've sent me something, and I swear I haven't seen it, but I've got an in-tray like this tall. And so I'm kind of going through it, opening mail and stuff like that that hasn't been open for about two months, and uh, I open one that says... Dear Mr. Reed, here is your annual statement for your Aviva policy. And I think, I haven't got an Aviva policy. What's that then? And I think that must be a mistake. That must be, you know, something. So anyway, I put it to one side and keep looking for the thing I'm looking for. Go through. I find another one from Aviva. Dear Mr. Reed, after some considerable research, we believe you are the owner of this policy. And I think, oh that sounds good and so I kind of whiz the other thing back and start looking at it and it's some kind of investment policy and says for more information phone this number and um, so immediately I kind of start phoning the 0800 number and saying so what's all this then? What's this policy? I gave them the number so I don't remember opening up any policy or anything and they looked at the details and said oh Yeah, this was opened in 1989, okay, so some considerable time ago, in fact, when I was 29 years old, (laughs) and um, it was done in the days when there was the thing called contracting out of SERPs, State Earnings Related Pension Scheme, and it's something that some people did and some people didn't do, and as a 29-year-old, I thought, tick that box, why not, you know, it's like I don't see that bit of money anyway. Some people said it was a good thing to do, and so I did, kind of ticked it and uh, sent it off, and then forgot about it completely because you don't actually pay into it; they just kind of suck it out of your NI payment. You know, so I never knew anything more about it. But then, and this was it. This is this had now sort of come to fruition. It was because when you're 55. That's when it be, like, becomes accessible to you. You can do stuff with it. And so, and so I said, oh, well, that's interesting. I said, how much is it then? What's in it? And she said, I'll just do a little calculation. And she said, oh. And it was quite a lot. As I said before, I'm not going to tell you how much it was. <laughs> but, but let me say that it cancelled the other 25000 of unsecured debt. So in one year, okay, and and possibly contributed towards a certain wedding that is going to happen in our household this year. Next so, this next year, yeah. Our daughter, Josie. Um, but it was, it was a quite a lot of money, and I just suddenly thought, my goodness, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the year of the cancellation of debt. I did not engineer those things. I wasn't even looking for those specific things, and actually, I had to blooming give something away that I thought was the solution in order to actually receive the thing, and, it were, and, and it's just extraordinary, but what I'm saying is, I want to just lift your expectations here, okay, because I, I, was, I was praying about this this morning, and just giving thanks to God, and I've just got this incredible sense of expectancy in my heart at the moment that, that the season is shifting, that it's changing, that it's, like it's changing right before our eyes. And those amazing stories from the El uh, Holt training of those accurate words of knowledge and the release of God's power in those situations, the Holy Spirit moving, I think the season is beginning to shift. And I think the first thing that's, that's happened in my own personal experience now I I believe there is a call on my life to release finances. And I've, you know, been through a a certain tumultuous journey in order to get to that. I've had to really go through things where things have just gone completely in the opposite direction. You know, it is like, and it's almost like being in a front. You know, God says you're going to release loads of money and there you are. Completely stuck for anything, got no money. You've just gone right to the wire. You, it's like you've been that close <laughs> from losing everything, and and in that moment, God says, "Well, give the rest away as well." You know, you know, it's like <laughs> you might as well. I mean, it's not really going to help you, is it? <laughs> and uh, but in doing that, it kind of releases the supernatural into the situation. And I I really just want to decree this over you. We have now. The year of Jubilee is good, and we've got two weeks left until about October the 13th, I think, is when it kind of kicks over into the next one. Um, but I think, I feel like, that the reason why I'm saying this is because I feel we need to engage with it. We need, you know, all the promises of God are inherited through faith and patience. I've had to operate in both of those to some considerable measure. But faith is not just a, oh, leave it alone and ignore it. It is, it is engaging in active anticipation and expectation that God is going to solve something, God is going to move, God is going to do something. Now, the way that we have had to do that is to listen to what God has been saying to us, that the prophetic promises that he's been declaring over me personally, us as a couple, us as a family, us as a church, as a, as a congregation, there's certain things he has been decreeing and proclaiming through my own personal hearing God's voice and journaling and things like that, but also through... Uh, other people coming, the other prophetic words, Mary and Judith, Isabel, Alan, Christina, and all the different people that have come and spoken in over the years. And we, we take that and begin to build, okay, God, what are you saying about my life? And, and one of the things I believe he's saying is that release of finances is one, training and equipping is another, ministry centres is another, a healing well springing up in the midst of us, where... M- you know, hundreds and thousands of people are going to get healed and it's going to be uh, resulting in lots of people coming into the kingdom. These are the promises which he has spoken time and time and time and time again over us. And so those, you begin to build a picture of like what your life is all about. And in those, you then begin to anchor yourself and say, okay, This is where my life's going. God has said it, therefore God will do it. That's why we sit positioned, ready, with our bit of land up there, five acres. The the planning permission is in and registered now as of the 4th of September it was registered. So they have 13 weeks to make their decision. And um, at that point, we're going to need to complete on that sale. And so I can sit here and think, well, God said to do it. So he's going to do it. He's going to do it one way or another. And you, you've got to have that peace in it, not get anxious, but also have that active anticipation and faith that pulls on heaven to let it happen, okay? So, anyway, that was a very long preamble, wasn't it? <laughs> My goodness me, we're almost 5 past 12. <laughs> Yay, God. So, I, what I, the bit that I wanted to pull up today was... It is a necessary part of, uh, I believe, trusting in God and really relinquishing control over your own circumstances. And it comes from Proverbs 3 9, which says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Uh, or the first fruits. honour the Lord with your finance, your, your, what he gives you, and uh, bring the first fruits to him, it says. And then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And, you know, in Deuteronomy 26, it also says, when you enter the land, the Lord your God has given you as a special uh, possession and you're settled there. Put some of the first produce of each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship the place your, the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honoured. And go to the priest in charge at the time and say, with this gift, I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land that he swore to our ancestors that he would give us. And the priest will then take it and set it before the altar of the Lord. And, you know, this has been such a, a, an amazing part of our lives for, for a very, very, very long time. that it, it's, it's almost becomes something of the fabric of our lives, that whenever the increase comes in, we always put apart, you know, a significant amount of it for for the kingdom. It's sort of like a foundational step. Now, we have never taught tithing per se. It is not a religious instruction, okay? It is not, thus saith the Lord, if you don't tithe, you'll be kind of in terrible trouble and all of that stuff. But, we have taught it as a principle of life. It is a principle of kind of letting go control of your own life and your own finances, your own sort of ability to generate wealth, and saying to God, look, I just kind of give this back. I give it back to you. You are the one who enables that thing to happen in me. And You know, like for me, giving away that 555 pounds, it was, you know, that wasn't a tithe. That was just like giving it away. But it's the same sort of principle. It's at that moment you shut the door on your ability to do that thing. And you say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to do the thing that you said you would do. And he did. He did. You know, I, it, it was just such an amazing testimony, that. And I, I'm, I marvel at the, at the thought that, actually, that policy was opened, 1989, in exactly the same year that we had the word, Heather and I had the word, there will be a new church in Lichema Travers, seven years before the lighthouse started. That po- so unwittingly, this kind of slightly naive, distracted 29-year-old, or whatever, just thought, yeah, tick that box, <laughs> You know, I'm not, this doesn't mean anything to me. I don't lose anything or anything. But, you know, and it was done and it was kind of squirreled away into this thing. And some anointed fund manager took that sort of probably about 20 quid a month or something at the time. It, It wasn't that much. And put it in, invested it, moved it, changed it, shifted it. And it pops out some kind of whatever 26 years later, 27 years later. With a lot of money, I still don't know how that's happened. I really don't. I just can't think I paid enough money into that to even get to that amount of money. It's just not possible. But anyway, it has, and I bless God. I mean, it's like, you know, it's fantastic. But he did that before I even asked the question. But I think he did it in the context of a submitted life. It was like our lives are submitted to his plans and his purposes. I chose to sort of relinquish control over that part of my life. And if he said, do something, I would do it. I'd risk it. I'd go for it and step out and do it. Actually, some people might say that's a bit foolish, to, to not kind of plan something through and they'd quote scriptures at me, you know, who starts building a tower unless they have all the resources and, you know, and all of that. And I've, you know, I've felt like that at different times. But I felt like, I felt like the Lord had led me into that whole thing and I was just obedient to it. I just stepped out on it. I had to go through. It looked like it was not working. It looked like I had got it completely wrong, but I had not got it wrong. I heard the Lord on that. He led me into that place. He led me into that that little alley from which there was no escape other than him. You see, because I am quite a resourceful person, I can make quite a lot of things happen. Uh, in, the, in the world of business, you know, you often go through cash flow crises and you learn how to manoeuvre, negotiate, how to delay, how to do this, that and the other and, and hopefully it kind of all evens out in the end and stuff like that. So I can do that sort of stuff but I had got, literally, by the time we got to the end of that build... All my options were gone. I could not get anything else. I could not move anything else anywhere else. I just had to trust. And I just had to sort of sit in that place, you know, and trust that God was going to give me the strategy for getting out. And he has. So that, that, all of that unsecured debt has just vanished, and it has vanished in this year, in the year of Jubilee, when I am 55 And the funny thing was, I'd got quite depressed over the 55 thing. Because actually when I opened the letter, I was 56. My birthday had gone. And I thought, oh no, God hasn't done it. He hasn't done it. But because I hadn't opened my mail and it was sitting in this big pile. Actually, it arrived when I was 55. I just hadn't opened it. So there's a warning to you, open your mail. (laughs) Oh, Heather's wagging the figure. Oh, Jesus, you are so good. You are so good. Yeah. So, I, I just, I kind of do it to encourage you and, and say, look, we are in a season of seeing the cancellation of debt, seeing breakthrough into things. I, and I, the, the good thing is, I, I'm still pushing on this year of Jubilee in the two weeks I believe there's more to happen yet. I think there's more to happen in personal circumstances. It? it doesn't just have to be financial. You think of the year of Jubilee. It was cancellation of debt. It was freedom from captivity. It was land being restored. You know. So there's kind of lots of things which are very applicable because I think many people are held in captivity through circumstances, through sickness, through uh, difficulties, through broken relationships. That there's many forms of captivity which I think... We, we are in a season where if we will believe and kind of grab hold of it and just kind of pull on heaven at this time. And, okay, it doesn't matter how much you've been through because I financially I've been through it as well, okay? And it, it just at every turn it looked like it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It was just kind of getting worse and worse. And it was just thinking, I have lost my marbles here, you know. But there's nothing I can do now other than trust God. And so I just had to trust. And like Bryony said about that, you know, keeping your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you you still have to acknowledge what's going around. And it's, it's like that Psalm 46, isn't it? That kind of even though the oceans foam and roar, even though the nations rage against each other, even though the mountains fall into the sea, I will still praise you, God. You know, and there is a river that flows and makes glad the the city of our God and all of that stuff that's a great psalm it's acknowledging those things it's saying yeah those things are there but even so I'm going to praise you because you are God and you are faithful you are the one who sets free the captives you are the God who brings cancellation of the debt you are the God who brings supernatural increase okay it's coming it's coming it's coming and and So, I just think that, uh, why why don't we just stand for the moment? It's quarter past, so. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I haven't actually got on to the sermon that I was intending to preach here, but, uh, this, you know, as you're standing, (laughs) I've asked myself, why have we remained unfruitful in this time? I've had a couple of times, you know, like Kingdom Life School where I'm feeling the presence of God on me just so strongly and I'm praying for someone to get healed and they, they may, maybe they'll fall down, maybe they'll feel the presence of God but get up just as sick as they went down. And I'm getting cross with God. I'm saying, look, it's not supposed to be this way. The kingdom's supposed to be one of power, not of words, you know. And, and I'm kind of saying, and I felt like God spoke to me about the, the, the fruitlessness that some of us have experienced, even though we've known it's right. And he, he showed me about the way vines are tended. And in the first years of their life, they're pruned right back, right back to the ground. They're not allowed to bear fruit. They're physically stopped from bearing fruit so that the roots will go down deep so that the branches will get thicker and stronger and able to bear the fruit that they were intended to bear. So, big fruit. Big fruit, heavy fruit, and much fruit, and fruit that lasts. So, yeah, let's just read John 15. Stay standing for the reading of the word. (laughs) I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, the master gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. You have already been pruned because of the word that I have spoken to you. So abide in me, rest in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You know, we have to abide. We have to abide in him. Father, I, I just come to you now and I just say, you are God. You are the one and true God. You, your word is true. It is firm. It is secure. Even when the circumstances around me don't match up with it. But I just pray now for a faithfulness, for a patience to be upon people in this time. To just believe beyond all doubt, the word that you have spoken, the word that you have released to us, Father God, Father God, Father God. But as I was praying this morning, I felt like Him begin to release a word saying that the season has shifted and changed now in this year of Jubilee. It is not going to finish in two weeks' time, There is still a measure of breakthrough, of restoration to come back in this next two weeks. But it signifies the beginning of a new season. And I I felt like he was saying we are coming into a season of seven years worth of extreme fruitfulness. And I just declare it and I decree it over us in this time. Seven years of extreme fruitfulness extreme fruitfulness in those areas where we have just felt barren, where we have believed, where we have risked it, where we have stepped out and just felt barren. Those are the areas. Those are the areas that have been pruned back, right back down to the ground, and they have become strong. And the root has gone deep and has become strong in him. And we, are, we have abided in him in this place. And we are now ready to bear fruit. And so I just want to decree this seven years over every life, over every family, the things we've been waiting for. I've seen it personally in my own circumstances, how things are beginning to shift and change around. But it is not the end, it is the beginning. And it is a shift. So I I want to proclaim a blessing over businesses, a blessing over start-up companies, a blessing over people in employment. I want to decree a blessing over investments and funds in this time. I want to de- decree a blessing over the healing ministry amongst us. I want to decree a blessing over the ministry of deliverance amongst us to set the captives free at this time. We say let shift and change come in this moment. Let it come now, and let us begin to see that extreme fruitfulness come into each of our lives in the name of Jesus. While well, you're just standing, very quickly, I just got a sense that there may be somebody or some people present who are kind of having an argument with God in their head in this moment, because they've got themselves into some kind of financial difficulty that they think is their own silly fault, and have have thought